0: Coming up on Chasing the Natty, me and Jared will be discussing our top twelve wide receivers and tight ends, and we'll be discussing our mock drafts that we just did our this past week and seeing how we did.
1: Look downfield, the circus. One-handed catch is made.
0: Jones goes to the end zone. Oh! Devontae Smith, touchdown Alabama! Watch out for Mr. Robinson, this kid is going to be special and is already flashing.
1: This is Chasing the Natty, a college football fantasy podcast.
0: Welcome back to Chasing the Natty. Uh, I'm here uh, along with my host co-host Jared and I am Xavier. Today we'll be discussing our mock drafts that we just did this past week. We had a 12-team uh, mock draft with 16 rounds. Uh, we made some very interesting picks. I know Jared had his strategy. I had mine's. Also, we'll be discussing our top 12 wide receivers and tight ends to continue along with last episode's uh, of our rankings of quarterbacks and running backs. So yeah, um, make sure you follow us on Spotify, Apple Music. Don't forget to leave reviews, uh, tell us how we're doing. Uh, Follow us on Twitter, hit us up about questions you may ask. Uh, I know a lot of people are asking us for advice about, some things about campus to Canton, some things about college fantasy football. We're learning as much as we can as we're going along, but we're always uh, open and available for new information or any helpful advice we can. But yeah, uh, without further ado, Jared, how are we doing today?
1: I'm doing good, Zaver. Um Just again, we're doing this back to back with the last show. We that one ran two hours, so we're back here ready to do it again. Um, oh, yeah. I was I, again, I have a great time discussing the, this kind of stuff with you. You said after we were stopped recording, you're like, "Man, that didn't even feel like two hours." I agree, 100%. Did not feel like two hours. I have a I have a blast talking football with you all the time. But yeah, I agree with everything Zaver said. Make sure you follow us on all the platforms and everything. Uh, hit us up with questions again. Uh, again, we're not C 2 C guys, but we're happy to help you guys find people in C 2 C drafts. Where if you get a little bit later into your drafts, where you're like, "All right, I need guys who are college producers, but aren't going to the NFL likely." We'll help you guys out. Just let us know who's available, and we'll we'll direct you to. Like I had a guy ask me the other day where he's like, "Like, who should I go with?" It was like um, I think he, on the board was like Preston Hutchinson. Um, and then he had like, um, God, who who were some of the other people he had? It was um, like Preston Hutchison, Tyler Shuck, and um, uh, God, who it was like Preston Hutchison, Tyler Shuck, and I'm blanking on who the third guy was. But it was it was like a lower tier. I'm like, no, don't worry about them. Go Preston Hutchison. Preston Hutchison is going to be the guy that you're going to want to get out of those three. Like um, we are more than happy to help you guys kind of distinguish between you got a couple guys you really want we'll tell you who to go for who who, who to wait on kind of deal so yeah. we have a great time we love kind of thinking outside the box like outside of CFF redraft like that's our main thing but we always like the thought we always like the um, thought experiment of like what do we do in other leagues and stuff like that I know Xavier and I just signed up for a dynasty league for this upcoming year we're very excited to kind of play around with that see how well we'll perform with that so it's a good time so Xavier you want to continue on
0: uh yeah. Um. Also yeah. We also look at uh, younger players as well too. We watched a lot of spring games. We like the the watch the recruiting trail as well. So we kind of know you know a few players that may be on some boards that may be shooting up in those campus to can or dynasty leagues as well too. But yeah. Um. Without further ado, today we will be starting off with our mock draft that we just did this past week with a couple of members in the community, uh, college football fantasy community. Um, Jared, if you want to, you have those names ready. I think uh, we had.
1: Before we get to that, I'm just going to reiterate the two announcements I did on the last right. episode. No, no, no problem, no problem. I understand. I forget to do stuff all the time, <laughs> so I'll go ahead and reiterate these two announcements real quick. Again, we're very excited to offer our very first product from Chasing the Net, and That's the 2021 CFF ADP sheet for redraft leagues. It is being offered at $30, and if you want the 50% off discount it is very easy to do so. All you need to do is make sure you prove that you have subscribed to our YouTube channel and then you can do one of the other following two options. You can either follow us on Spotify and add us on Twitter. Again, show proof that you've done both of those things or you can just go to Apple Podcasts, leave a five-star review for us. Let us know how you're enjoying the show and everything. We want to grow and we only can grow when you guys are sharing us like, that or we can only grow when you guys are sharing us, talking about us, spreading the word around about this podcast. We've had a blast so far. We've been growing very well, and we're very excited. The ADP sheet is well worth the money and well worth uh, following us for in order to help you with your drafts this upcoming year. The other announcement I wanted to quickly reiterate. Mock Draft Monday, which is a service I'm going to start providing on Fantrax where I will set up a league every week Starting on Tuesdays, I'll put out the league link for people to sign up for the draft. And on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we will do a live draft. You have 45 seconds per pick. It will be 16 rounds, uh, 12-person leagues. And we are going to use that to build the ADP for the ADP sheet in order to make sure that that is the most accurate that we can make it. So with those two announcements out of the way, now we can get to this mock draft. I know Xavier's very excited to talk about this mock draft because I know for a fact he loves the team that he put together in this. So I'll let him start off. Oh, uh, wrong page. Where am I looking for?
0: Well, while Jared's doing that, I'll shout out some of the participants. We had John Love, uh CFF Insiders, Justice2318, Scott Bell, Brandon Hay, Chris Benzine, uh, Kevin Brown, John McKinney, Yonker CFB, just to name a few, and me and Jared uh uh, Jared and myself as well. we all a part of this draft, so it was a fun time. We uh, there were some interesting draft choices as we had some new, uh, some beginners in the CFF draft, some uh, some very not, uh, not even ent-
1: necessarily beginners, more just other people bringing in their thoughts and like who they value higher. It's Nice, oh, okay.
0: absolutely. And then we had some uh, professionals down the line, and uh, some also some people that had new draft strategies that had me thinking a little bit as well too. But for the most part. I stuck with uh, with what I wanted to do, and Jared did as well. So we had our own strategy going into this. Uh, I'll, um, Jared, I'll let you start off with your draft. Uh, if you want to name all your team in full, and then I'll go into mine.
1: Yeah, sounds good. Um, I picked from the fourth spot again. This this was randomly generated on Fantrax. Um, I, I recreated it here in the Excel format. We did this on Fantrax. Um, again, same way we'll be doing with the mock draft Monday kind of stuff. And so I was picking from the fourth spot. It was randomly generated for me to be in the fourth spot. There I went Muhammad Ibrahim, which if you listen to the last podcast, I love the amount of volume I'll be getting out of him. And then I got wide receiver Khalil Shakir out of Boise State after that. Sam Howell out of North Carolina, quarterback. Uh, wide receiver Jalen Cropper out of Fresno State. I got my boy, Demontre Tuggle out of Ohio, running back. For my second QB, I grabbed Preston Hutchinson out of Eastern Michigan. My third wide receiver was Travell Harris, Washington State. My flex was going to be running back Chris Smith out of Louisiana Lafayette. My starting tight end would be Jalen Weidermeyer out of Texas A&M. Uh, my first backup running back was George Halani out of Boise State, which I'll get to that in a second. Um, my first backup wide receiver is Quentin Johnson out of TCU. And I followed that up with him, pairing him up with quarterback Max Duggan out of TCU. Uh, My second backup running back was Devontae Price out of Florida International. My kind of swing for the fences wide receiver pick I took in the 14th round was wide receiver LV Bunkley Shelton out of Arizona State. In the 15th round, I drafted Notre Dame's defense and special teams. And with my final pick, I took tight end luke ford out of illinois i mentioned him on a previous podcast i do want to get his name out there i want people to start paying attention to him so that's my team Xavier. if you want to run through your team now
0: yeah so i was fortunate enough to pick from the second spot uh it it was very interesting because usually i'm either the first last fourth sixth and second was a little bit more challenging because you have so many options that you don't want to mess up so uh Contrary to uh, my belief in my running back rankings, I actually went Brees Hall because I felt like he was the my safest pick, but also still a really good pick. So I was like, well, we'll just go Brees Hall for now and see how everything else plays out with my number, uh, with the second pick. And then the second round, I went Jalen Robinson out of UCF. Third round, I went Jalen Tur- Tolbert out of South Alabama. Fourth round, I went uh, QB Grayson McCall out of Coastal Carolina. Fifth round, I went my boy, running back Kevin Harris out of South Carolina. Sixth round, I went Dorian Thompson-Robinson out of UCLA. Then I went uh, my third wide receiver, Chris Ottman-Bell out of Minnesota. Then in the eighth round, I went with tight end Greg Dolchich out of UCLA. Uh, the ninth round, I chose my backup running back, not flex just yet, tight end, uh, not tight end, running back Ty Chandler out of North Carolina. Then I went with my other backup wide receiver in the 10th round, Braylon Sanders. Then the 11th round, I picked up my flex of Xander Horvath out of Purdue. 12th round, I went Jaquarius Marks out of Mississippi State. The 13th round, I was lucky enough to get another one of my favorites, Jaden Daniels out of Arizona State. In the 14th round, I went and got Alabama's deep defense. The 15th, I went Dante DeMoss out of uh, Maryland. And in the 16th round, I went Kenneth Walker, Michigan State.
1: Very, very nice. So I want to go through and I want to say, I want you to tell me what your favorite, what your favorite pick is and what your least favorite pick is? Like, which one were you not as sold on afterwards, and everything you felt you could have done better?
0: Yeah. So I will say, uh, my favorite pick would probably or be... uh,
1: let's say your favorite thing about your team, and the the your least favorite thing about your team. How about that? That might be a bit better.
0: Oh man. Okay. As I look at it. Oh man, it's hard. Cause it's, it's really, uh, it's really broad. I love my running back and wide receiver room with the depth they both have. Uh, I think my starting running backs with Brees hall is my number one and Kevin Harris is my number two. I know, you know, a lot of people may, uh, I know in the draft, a lot of other running backs that a lot of people had higher than Kevin Harris went off the board, but it was only by like a few. And I was like, I, I like my guy. And mm-hmm. then with my wide receiver room, I know me and Jared, we have a disagreeing. Uh We disagreed about like Jalen Robinson and Jalen Tolbert. He thinks I should have switched the two. I was like, nah, I like Jalen Robinson with Dylan Gabriel. And I, and then it's, you know, Jalen Tolbert, even though he is uh, going to be that number one with Quan Baker gone, I like where I got him as well too. Ottman Bell is a little bit of a, I, I, everybody's expecting him to be the number one. That's the news at the camp. So I'm happy to have three number one wide receivers. And then mm-hmm. my two backups for Braylon Sanders and Dante Tomas, they could be either number one or number twos. If they end up being number ones, oh my god, I did super well. I'd if agree. And if not, then they just won't. And they're uh, you know, their number twos are still left in the uh, waiver wire. So if this were a real draft and this were a real league, then if I were able to identify that early, then I could pick up those guys as well too. Um, but I will say, if I had to pick one pick that I did not like the most, I. Uh, the Ottman Bell pick, even though I've been I've been high on Ottman Bell a lot, it's just that now I'm starting to have that thing where when I found out that uh, Rashad Bateman was going off to the draft and I was like, all right, who's the next number one guy at Minnesota? It's just, you know, it's hard to really, like, put a bunch of faith in that wide receiver knowing that, hey, this is going to be your first time getting, you know, most of the attention at that number one spot. I don't know. Like, I'm expecting you to do well, but maybe you won't uh, compared to my other two receivers that – it's Jalen Robinson and Jalen Tolbert, like mm-hmm. they're going to be good regardless. This is more of a little bit of a, somewhat of a wild card. But besides that, I would say Ty Chandler, because even though I like him, I've seen the film on him at Tennessee behind Eric Gray. I, th- I like what I saw and then what North Carolina did with the running back room, but it's still more to be seen. So that's mainly it. But I think I, I saw a lot of teams in our mock draft where I really liked more than mine's, but I feel like, you know, if it got down to the league after weeks, I feel like I had one of the most balanced teams that we had in that draft.
1: I think it's very fair. Again, I'm looking at both of our teams, and I think we both drafted very good teams. I, like I think either one of us going into the season at this point, I think we'd be setting ourselves up pretty well. In terms of my draft, uh, my favorite thing that I liked about my draft would probably be the running back room in mine, easily. Uh, Muhammad Ibrahim, DeMontre Tuggle as my two starting running backs. And again, I know I'm higher on DeMontre Tuggle than almost everybody out there. But if if he falls through, Chris Smith, George Alani, Devontae Price as my three guys behind him, I cannot see all of them failing. I cannot see all of them being bust for me. I think I have one of the most stacked running back rooms in this draft. Uh, in terms of something I felt like I could have done better... My starting wide receiver room, I love. Khalil Shakir, Jalen Cropper, and Travell Harris, I think probably might have been one of the best uh, three, a group of, starting group of wide receivers in this draft. I'm not as happy with my backup wide receivers, though. Uh, Quentin Johnson, TCU, I like him. I do think he's going to be number one receiver at TCU, but how much value is the number one t- wide receiver at TCU? And then LV, LV Bunkley Shelton out of Arizona State. If that hits, and it's like a Nikhil Harry or Brandon Ayuk or something like that, perfect. I'll take it. But if he's like a Frank Darby was last year and everything, and it's going to be a very disappointing year. But also, you need players like that that you're willing to cut. So LV would probably be one of those guys that like, if he doesn't work out immediately, I'd be willing to cut. So now, Xavier, I'm going to ask you to look at my draft and you find one thing you like and one thing you don't like.
0: Yeah. Uh, mm, let's see. Let's see. I, I love the uh, – I, I know I said this to you during the draft. I, I felt I felt a little bit hurt because you sniped me because we were, we were really close. He had the fourth pick. I had the second pick. So when we had the turnaround and he mm. picked before me in the – I believe that was the eighth round, and he got Chris Smith. I was eyeing Chris Smith as well. So I was a little bit hurt. So I was like, ah, I really wanted Chris Smith because as I thought about it more, because I I owned a little bit of Elijah Mitchell stock this past season, and I Mm -hmm. loved Elijah Mitchell. It was just really hard to where, like, Trey Ragas could go off or Elijah Mitchell, even though Elijah Mitchell was a little bit more consistent. But now that both of them are gone, that is a lot of carries vacated in Lafayette. Is a decent enough program to where you know they I think Chris Smith can thrive in that offense. So. I, so, I like my,
1: so my Chris Smith pick was your favorite one then.
0: I, I think that's the. Everything else was pretty. Uh, you know, I uh, kind of expected. I, I. I thought I could get Treville Harris at a certain point. I thought he would go a little bit later, maybe back to me on another turn. But you got him up pretty quickly, so I was like, it's fine, it's okay. It still was a good pick. Everything else was really expected from me.
1: Okay. That's um, yeah, one thing hours- that. What's one thing uh, then uh you think I should have done better then?
0: Uh better? Um hmm. yeah, uh let's see. yeah, the wide receivers definitely I know you uh I feel like there were still some wide receivers available. Like especially that at the end of our draft that I thought that I was predicting that I was like, oh Jared's definitely gonna go with this because I at one point we were both thinking about Charleston Rambo. And I oh, thought yeah. you were no Charleston Rambo for your backup. And I was like, about to I good.
1: thought about it, but again, like I, 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 I inhibit myself a little bit with these mock drafts because I try to pick players I haven't picked before unless it's somebody I just love, like Dematre Tuggle. Yeah. Um, so I had already picked Charleston Rambo in another draft. So I was I again, I try to avoid players I've already picked. Yeah. Uh, I, prob- I probably would have gone in a real draft, probably would have gone Charleston Rambo over L V Bunkley Shelton.
0: Yeah, there were still some other guys I like, too, over LV. Like, I know we've seen some a few videos of LV showing out at practice, and we're all just expecting him to be that number one guy. But I think, you know, O'Keefe out of uh, UCF was still on the board. Rakeem Jarrett was still good. Uh, Charles Durambo. There were still some guys that were left at the end of our draft. I was like, maybe I would have taken them over some of the guys that maybe you would have taken. Like, even with Quentin Johnson, yeah, as number one receiver at TCU, which is good having number one receivers, but also – well, you kind of know what TCU's offense is. I'm like, eh, what does that really mean?
1: Yeah, and again, I think that's very fair. Again, I kind of felt a little bit afterwards. I was like, eh, I probably could have done better with my backup wide receivers. Yeah. Now, in now, terms of your draft.
0: Yeah, flip the roles now.
1: All right, so things I think you did very well. I think you nailed finding value. I think you nailed finding people who are falling and getting them for great values. Dorian Thompson-Robinson usually is gone within the fourth round. You got him at the end of the sixth. I think that was a steal for you there. Uh, Another great pick I think you got. Jalen Tolbert in the third round, I think with his ADP shooting up like it is right now, I think he's usually gone, or he's usually in that second round uh, run of wide receivers. He's usually gone there. I think you nailed getting him in the third round, especially to balance out any uncertainty you might have with Jalen Robinson. Jaquagas Marks. My god, that was one you sniped me on. I I picked that Max Duggan, I'm like, okay, if Joquavius Marks make it back makes it back to me on the next round, that's gonna be fantastic for me. Nope, you got him two picks later, and I was like, great mind, stick alike. So I think you nailed getting great value. Jane Daniels, I know you're high on him, and for you to get him thirteenth round, a QB, I know you're that high on. I think I think that was great for you. Now, in terms of what you could have done better, I'm gonna go look at your tight end. Uh, I like Greg Dolchich a lot. We'll talk about him later this show. But I think the problem is you didn't pick a backup tight end. And I think the problem with that is that Greg Dolchich, while incredibly high upside, also has an incredibly low floor. I think it's very possible he could be a bust this upcoming year, um, considering I don't think it's possible for him to recreate... Siri? No, please. Uh... I think it's very possible for him to regress in terms of the yards per catch because he only almost averaged... Again, we'll get, we'll get into this later. But I think you should have taken another tight end later on. I know you had Darnell Washington on your mind. I know you had a couple other guys that you were kind of looking at. And it's like, okay. So that's probably the only thing I would have said is probably take the backup tight end. Like my my team, I was pro- like, If you're going to take one tight end, take a guy like Jalen Weidermeyer. Take a guy like... Um, Charlie Kohler, who's just proven production at this point. You know what they're going to be. They may may not be the highest, but you want a guy that is not bust proof, but is not going to, you know, for a fact, has a high chance of not busting. Does that make yeah. sense?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I was just only like, uh, with Jalen Wiedemeyer, I, I know a lot of people are still high on him this season because of like the touchdown machine that he was. It's like, mm. yeah, he did that with Kellen Mann. And I know a lot of people have their own opinions about Kellen Mann, but Kellen Mann had a good season and. I will go out and say, like, I don't think it's, like, you know, too crazy to say that Keleman was a a really good quarterback this past year in college football in general Mm. for what the season he had. So now you're going to Haynes King. I I just want to see how that looks. Now, I am one of those people that do that have noticed, like, you know, with young quarterbacks, they kind of use tight ends as their safety net. So hopefully if that does happen, then Jalen Watermeyer will be that proven guy that can make that catch, that will run the routes and get the touchdown still. No, I think that's fair. But if Haynes King isn't that guy that, you know, can get to his tight end safety net or can do anything at all, then I think Dylan Watermeyer's value falls. So, yeah, I definitely wanted to take a tight end in the last pick. I had Darnell and I had maybe two or three other guys that I can't think of off the top of my head. But the last pick was very interesting because I I think I like what I'm hearing out of Kenneth Walker out of Michigan State. And I was like, look, Ty Chandler and uh, Xander Horvath, they could be hit or miss. And we'll see how that works out. But if Kenneth Walker ends up, you know, doing having the production that you know a lot of people at Michigan State and the community thinks that he can have, being there, they haven't had a thousand-yard rusher in a long time. If he mm-hmm. can do that and also get the touchdowns that he had last season, I think I got a really good pick then. So I was like, I would, I would be fine with streaming a tight end if I, it came down to it.
1: That's fair. And again, I think you have a couple guys there that you could cut. I think Xander Horvath is very cuttable. Dante Demas is very cuttable in my opinion. Um, uh, Braylon Sanders turns out that he's not the number one wide receiver for whatever reason he's very cuttable yeah. so I think you could work with that all righty you have any more thoughts on this draft or anything before we move on to the meat of the show
0: yeah I think I will say this um it's going to be interesting to see you know with our uh with your fantasy uh mock draft Mondays to see if defenses like go a little bit higher or if they stay at the like uh they go as they do because I remember I saw closest defense go off the board, like maybe the round before my pick. And I was like, okay, it's getting that. I think he away.
1: went 12th round, maybe.
0: 12th round? Okay, so I, I waited maybe two more because I said maybe I could either get Alabama. If I could get lucky enough to wait two more picks, I can get Alabama's defense. Or yes,
1: it was, it was the 12th round.
0: So I was like, yeah, I'll still like, either I could wait on Alabama or I could still get Georgia. I just know I have to, at one point in time in this draft, I have to reach for a defense, which I didn't even feel like it was a reach. So...
1: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, Alabama's oh, defense. That to me is the number one D- DST that coming this upcoming year.
0: Yeah, so I was like, we'll we'll see how this goes, but um, you know, some people may have defense rated higher, uh, you know, higher up and maybe that like tenth round or tenth to eleventh round uh pick. So we'll see as more mock drafts uh keep on going.
1: Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh, any other final thoughts I might have? There was one person. I'll give him a shout out. Kevin Brown. Uh, decided to kind of take a look and see what happens if you just punt on QB for as late as you can. He says he was happy with it. He ended up getting, um, I believe it was Brock Purdy and who was the other?
0: Uh, Delora out of Washington State.
1: Yeah, he got uh, Brock Purdy and Jaden Delora as his two starting QBs. And I think he got him like rounds 13 or 14, if I remember correctly. Like he, punt- he waited a long time before he grabbed QBs. He says he was happy with them. I'll be honest. I guess that strategy is not for me because I would not be happy with Brock Purdy and Jaden DeLore as my two starting QBs. So, I, I but was like, again, to also, each his own, I thought it was interesting to see people try out new strategies, just see what it looks like. So,
0: Yeah. I mean, it, it, got, it got really interesting to where like, I thought he was going to take a quarterback a lot earlier, and I was like, he's still getting good value at his picks. So I was like, he got really good running backs and wide receivers. Oh, yeah. So kept on going, and I was like, and I was kind of getting worried because I was like, man, he could end up like, you know, honestly having the best draft. If he'd had got maybe like a Jaden Daniels and a Preston Hutchinson or a Caleb Ellaby that mm-hmm. were still available at the time. And I was like, he could still do this, but he chose not to. So that was the only discrepancy I had with his draft as well too.
1: Yeah. And again, I think, again, I think it's just interesting to see people try out different strategy strategies in mock drafts. Like that's the point of mock drafts. Play around with it. Start right. with a guy. You typically wouldn't like, just see how it goes uh, one of the mock drafts I did recently, I'm, I typically don't go wide receiver first round, but Keishawn Boudet was there, and I was like, you know what? I'm starting off with Keishawn Boudet as my wide receiver, or in, in the first round. See what, where I go with that. Turns out, I didn't love my running back group afterwards because I started off with Ulysses Bentley, Tyler Goodson, and another one like good running backs, but like I was missing that elite one is what I was looking for. So again. Have fun with mock drafts, try try new stuff out. That's the whole point of them. So with all that said, we're 25 minutes in. So we're just gonna go ahead and move on to the meat of the show. And we're gonna go ahead and lay out each of our top 12 wide receivers for this upcoming year. So Xavier, I went first with the running backs last time. So we're gonna go ahead and have you start the wide receivers and you have at your number one wide receiver David Bell, wide receiver out of Purdue, and I have him also at number one. So, Xavier, I'll let you say your piece on Mr. David Bell.
0: Yeah, uh, David Bell. I think that it's you know ninety nine point nine percent. Actually, uh, yeah, maybe like not more like ninety eight percent of the community have David Bell as that number one receiver. There is another guy that we'll get on to really soon at that number two. That's kind of pushing for that number one spot. But David Bell is replacing, uh, not even, essentially replacing Rondell Moore in his production at um, at Purdue. Rondell Moore, as you all know, uh, this past draft, he went to the Arizona Cardinals, got drafted in, I believe, like the third or second or third or fourth round. Second round. Uh, second round. So uh, the year before in 2019 had a great season, was looking like to be the best wide receiver uh, in the nation. And then this upcoming season. Uh, I believe he opted out after a certain amount of games where he either got injured and then just decided not to play anymore.
1: I think he opted out, came back in, and then opted out again, if I remember so, correctly.
0: Yeah, it was it was a very strange path, but understandable because, you know, he was already projected to be that high. And David Bell just basically absorbed that role and became that number one wide receiver there. This past season he had 53 receptions, 625 yards, and eight touchdowns. But I know that doesn't sound like much, but this is considering that Purdue only played five games. Six games. Six games. Okay, yeah, six games, six games. And all barring but two games, he had over 100 yards and had a touchdown in every game except for the one against Northwestern where he had nine receptions for 78 yards. And it's going to be interesting to see who the quarterback for uh, Purdue will be because, honestly, he can work with – any of the I would say
1: to me it doesn't matter which who gets it.
0: Yeah, it it doesn't matter who gets it, but honestly I I, I know there's a lot of people that have a, a preference. I, I'm on the Jack Plummer train of like uh or Dang. is it Jake or Jack? It's Jack. Jack, okay, I got it right this time. It's always <laughs> hard. But yeah, Jack Plummer, I'm on his uh, I'm on his train. I hope that he gets that starting job back from um oh God, who's the guy behind him? I always forget his name.
1: Adrian What's O'Connell.
0: It? Adrian O'Connell. So it's going to be an interesting battle at Purdue. Obviously, whoever wins that job, they're going to shoot up an ADP in rankings. Yeah,
1: no joke.
0: So, But David Bell, they have a nice number one receiver, and I think he's going to be that guy at Purdue.
1: Um, in terms of my takes on David Bell, again, pretty much everything you said, he's going to be the number one receiver at Purdue. Uh, he's by far the most talented receiver on that, on that roster, especially now that Rondell Moore is out of there. I have a question for you, Xavier, and this is more just a football rather than a fantasy question, but I see a lot of people mocking David Bell as a first-round wide receiver next year. That technically would mean that he's a more talented... The NFL views him as a more talented wide receiver than Rondell Moore. Would you agree with that assessment?
0: I I, I will say this. He has the physical uh, attributes of a first-round receiver more than Rondell Moore. Rondell Mm -hmm. Moore is very very undersized but he makes up for it in his physicality of like when he has pro day he had like a 40 something inch vertical was running like a 4-3 so like Rondell Moore proved that his height didn't matter but David Bell 6'2 I believe 200 and yeah 205 pounds that's that's in that like range of like what you want as a wide receiver and if he's doing getting 100 yard games and multiple touchdowns then yeah I could see him as a number one, uh, a first round pick. And I think that's a safe first round pick it's just that maybe Rondell Moore probably has more talent. It's just that, yeah, his height is the only issue that would probably have concern of like what his success could be.
1: And uh, that's fair. So we'll go ahead and move on to our second, our second wide receiver. We both have the same guy at number two, and that's going to be Kayshawn Butte out of LSU. And so I'll go ahead and say my piece on this. Last year, Keyshawn Boutte had 45 receptions for 735 yards and five touchdowns. Really didn't kind of catch on to the end of the year after um, Terrence Marshall Jr. opted out of the rest of the season. He was a five-star freshman coming in. Kind of took some time to learn the offense, kind of establish his feet. But as soon as he did, easily is the best receiver on this team right now. Uh, I believe his last three or four games, he had over 100 yards in each of them, multiple touchdowns. And... I was kind of among the people where it was like, okay, I need to see that continue. Like, I'm not going to let that four-game sample size at the end of the year once Terrence Marshall was gone. Kind of dictate my opinion on it. But then he did it again in the spring game. He had he had 131 yards and, two touch, er, and a touchdown in the spring game by halftime. And that doesn't even include like an 80-yard touchdown that was called back because of a holding penalty. So he had almost 200 yards and two touchdowns in the first half of the spring game. And I'm like, okay, if this is what we're going to get, he's clearly in, I, for a time, I was like, he might be the wide receiver one. I've calmed down a little bit since then. But to me, he's in the same tier as David Bell. Like these two are in their own tier. They like, if, to me, really, these are the only two I would spend a first round pick on. If the, if the right, if, if they fell to the right position, in my opinion. Um, yeah, that's pretty much what I, ha- what I have to say on it. Xavier, you have anything else on it?
0: Uh, not really much to, just to say it's more of a, you know, just crediting LSU about building a legacy of wide receivers. I know there's a lot of discussion about who wide receiver you is. Um, LSU is definitely in that discussion of where they're producing. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, Jamar Chase, Terrace Marshall Jr. Those are just to name off a few. And if Kayshawn Butte is that next guy, then, there's a lot of promise to be shown and considering that he's going into a sophomore season we're expecting a breakout season now i know it's going to be a little bit different because he only you know he played with miles Brennan for a few uh just a few games and then he had max johnson which he really connected with so it's going to be interesting to see who gets that starting job i'm rooting for max johnson i always i think after the florida game he proved that hey even though miles Brennan is good but i i think i'm ready i, I like mike uh, johnson coming out of Georgia, 6'5. Has the build for it? Has the arms, Showed a lot of promise, and obviously has that connection with Kayshawn. So, I think that will speak even more to his value if Max Johnson isn't in that starting QB.
1: For some reason, my mind just did like a mental dyslexia thing where, like, I thought you said five five foot six, not six foot five, and I was like, wait a minute, I had no idea that he was that short. Six foot five, that makes yeah. all the sense in the world. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. Doesn't really matter who wins that QB competition. I think Kayshawn Butte is going to be. I think he's going to be incredible either way. Yeah. And I again, I'll, I'll I'll say it again. He's in the same tier as David Bell for me, and I think they're both going to be fantastic this year.
0: Yeah, I just like that familiarity with you know the guy that you were doing well with, and then also the guy fair that like well with you. So yeah,
1: that is fair. That is fair. Um, so we'll go ahead and move on. This was my number two technically, so we're going to go to your number three. Yeah, and so your number three is wide receiver out of Arkansas, Traylon Burks. So uh, you have him at number three. I have him at number four. Mm. So you want to say your piece on this?
0: Yeah, Traylon Burks, a great wide receiver. I love his build. A sophomore out of uh, Arkansas, Uh, 51 receptions, 820 yards, seven touchdowns. and with the departure of Mike Woods, I just expect his value to just increase. That's why you know, I think I still had him at three, even when Mike Woods was there. But now Traylon Burks has that ability to where I don't think he will mainly step in that case and David Bell range yet. But that's all I think it could possibly. Now I think about it now if KJ Jefferson is, you know, that uh, quarterback that, you know, a lot of people are hoping that he will be. And he can get that. And if he can get the ball to Traylon hands, uh, you know, a decent amount of times, Traylon Burks could, my, uh, Arkansas can be relevant in terms of having a nice quarterback and wide receiver duo. Mm-hmm. So that's why I had Traylon there. I like his upside. I like this upcoming season with him being that number one, that clear number one guy we're at. You know, Mike Woods, even though he was that number two, it was just like, yeah, Mike Woods is still going to be there. So the Megason Targets will be taken away. But I don't see anybody else. And Traylon Burks, I believe, was like second in receptions or touchdowns among wide receivers in the SEC or something like that. So I like his value at three. so yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just ask you this: like, what, what, what did Traylon Burks do to you, Jerry? Like, why why can't he be that number three guy? There, that number three guy better be somebody spectacular for him. Traylon Burks to be knocked down to a measly four.
1: I will get to who I have at number three in a second. You have him at number four, so you clearly view him kind of in the same tier. Yeah. But I like Traylon Burks a lot. I really, really do. And I, I really, I, I'll be honest. Like I'm getting a soft spot for Arkansas a little bit. Like I really like what they're building there right now. I think KJ Jefferson's going to be a good quarterback for them this upcoming year. I liked a lot what I saw in the spring game. Clearly, um, good chemistry between Jefferson and burks and also woods at the time but now mike woods is transferred to oklahoma Traylon burks to me is a clear number one trey knox or yeah or yeah Trey trey knox i believe is the other wide receiver there i think could cause a little bit of noise but also i think we've been waiting on him to cause a little noise for like three years now but Traylon burks i do think he is in now this kind of second tier behind Kaish Boudin and David Bell i originally had him about a tier below you'll see me kind of reference these tiers but now to me he's in this same tier as the three four and five those to me are their own separate tiers the second tier but they are not they're not bust proof but to me they're pretty freaking close and i think Traylon Burks has the talent to be a first round wide receiver this next year and i think he's absolutely going to dominate. Uh, if KJ Jefferson is as good of a QB as we kind of expected him to be, now you're telling me that my number three wide receiver better blow your socks off. Well, my number three wide receiver is Khalil Shakir, wide receiver out of Boise State, and who you have at number four. So it's not like I'm it's not like I'm putting somebody too high. All right, all right. Like the switch. Regardless, I'll tell you what the tiebreaker is, and it'll it'll come from the stats here. So, Khalil Shakir, in limited games last year, because Mountain West started late, had 52 receptions, 719 yards receiving, 6 touchdowns. Those are both less than what Traylon Burks had, although Traylon Burks played more games regardless. The thing that differentiates them to me is the fact that Khalil Shakir's rushing game is far superior to that of Traylon Burks. Khalil Shakir had 17 rushes for 148 yards versus Traylon Burks, who had 15 rushes in more games for 75 yards. So while Khalil Shakir is averaging, let me do some calculation real quick. Well, Khalil Shakir is averaging 8.7 yards per carry. Traylon Burks had about five yards per carry, and also uh, Khalil Shakir was getting more carries per game. So that's why I'm gonna push Khalil Shakir. As my number three wide receiver this upcoming year. And also, I've seen Khalil Shakir be like the only wide receiver on Boise State. I'm still not entirely sold that Traylon Burks will be... The gap between Traylon Burks and the next wide receiver on Arkansas will be as great as the one between Khalil Shakir and the next wide receiver at Boise State. I love both of these guys. Again, they're in the same exact tier for me. But... The tiebreaker to me was the rushing ability for Khalil Shakir. So, yep, yeah, that's pretty much my say on Khalil Shakir. Xavier, do you have any thoughts there?
0: Now that you mentioned the rushing ability, uh, you got me kind of uh, regretting my rankings. I, I I think maybe I've knocked Khalil Shakir maybe a little bit too hard. Uh, well, it's not that hard. I had a, We haven't switched, but now I think I'm ready to... I, I, I think you've convinced me enough to where if I had to go back. on my wood put Khalil Shakira at three and trailing Burks at four.
1: Nice. Let's go. Oh, yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. Convincing flip that I'm ready to make.
1: Sounds good. Sounds good. So now we're... I just did Khalil Shakira, so now we're going to move on to number five. And so this is our number five. We're both agree- in agreement on who the number five wide receiver is. And that's Calvin Austin, wide receiver out of Memphis. So Xavier, what's your thought process here?
0: Oh, yeah. I, Man, I, it is kind of sad because uh, as a former Brady White owner and then seeing Calvin Austin play at Memphis, it, it was a great dynamic duel of having a QB and a wide receiver just being so connected to a way it was just like they were inseparable uh calvin austin this past season but I, I thought i pulled it up but uh
1: you, you need the stats i got the sets
0: oh yeah you can roll off the stats real quick actually I have he, them now
1: all right cool you go ahead then
0: he had 63 receptions for over uh 1053 yards and 11 touchdowns he was averaging 16.7 yards per catch the man is a Great wide receiver. He honestly could be drafted next year in that like second or third round range. The only the only knock on him this upcoming year is how he'll uh, uh you know adapt with Grant Gunnell coming in. And now I'm hearing okay things with Grant Gunnell that he's you know kind of seemingly going to be that guy because they have some freshmen. Uh, they have a freshman quarterback that's coming in that made a little bit of noise, but I think they're going to go with the safe option of Grant Gannell. And Memphis is obviously a good team on. Uh, the offensive side of the ball. Even though they did lose Tosh Washington, they have another receiver with Ivory. But the the gap between Calvin Austin and the next guys of uh, Ivory and even Sean Dykes is just so great because he's he in the he's great in the return game. He's great in whatever position you put him in on the X, Y, or Z. It doesn't matter. He can do it. He runs great routes, and if he'll just he doesn't drop the ball that many times as well too. So I, I like him in that realm of. You know, Traylon Burks and Khalil Shakir, it's just that this season, I wish he had Brady White for one more season, but it's all good. I think he's just that great of a receiver where he can transcend, you know, having maybe a, a lesser of a quarterback.
1: No, yeah, I agree with you almost so heartily on Calvin Austin. Again, to me, this is where, this isn't where the tier ends for me. I do have one more receiver I do believe belongs in this upper tier, but... Calvin Austin belongs in the same tier to me as Khalil Shakira and Traylon Burks. He doesn't have the rushing ability of either of those two, obviously, but he make more than makes up for it in the amount of receptions that he gets and just the amount of... He's such a such a dynamic, deep threat. I love watching him play. Um, he is one of three wide receivers today that we'll be talking about that uh, received over 1,000 a, a yards last year. And... I think he'll more than make up for, or I think he'll more than do that again this upcoming year, especially with a full season of games. Um, again, the question really is, is Grant Gannell as good as Brady White? I Brady White was a good quarterback, but I don't think he was, I don't think the offense ran that well because of him. And I think it's something more than enough that Grant Cannell can put himself in a position to where he can run that offense well and we can still see the production out of Calvin Austin and maybe even uh, uh, Javon Ivory as well. So yeah, Calvin Austin, number five, wide receiver. I think he's absolutely in that same tier. So we're going to go with my number six guy who I believe is this last guy in this tier. Xavier, you have him a little bit lower. How dare you? But I'm going Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver out of University of Southern Alabama. Xavier, you have him down at wide receiver eight. I'm going to say my piece here. Jalen Tolbert belongs in the same category as Khalil Shakira, Burke, Calvin Austin, Jalen Tolbert. I believe they are their own tier right there. And Jalen Tolbert's only recently moved up into this tier for me, and I'll tell you why. So last year. He had 64 receptions for 1,000 yard, 1,085 yards and 8 touchdowns, eerily similar to Calvin Austin's numbers. That was with Kawan Baker, the other, like, if if, if Tolbert was 1A, Baker was 1B. Like, Tolbert, was, or uh, Baker was stealing a lot of targets and touchdowns away from Jalen Tolbert. But now, Kawan Baker moved on to the draft. Didn't get drafted, unfortunately, but... Regardless, he is no longer at Southern Alabama. So that leaves Jalen Tolbert all on his lonesome. And as far as I've been able to research, it doesn't sound like there's another wide receiver who's really kind of siphoning away those targets. Especially now that Jake Bentley, former Utah and South Carolina quarterback, has now transferred over to Southern Alabama. Everything I'm hearing out of camp is that those two are in sync. Jalen Tolbert has great size, possible NFL wide receiver coming up this next year i'm not i'm i'm not going to say first second round or anything like that like but he's a draftable wide receiver he's got great size i think he's going to have a monster year this upcoming year i think that with a better quarterback than he's worked with in the past like not that jake bentley is like the greatest quarterback or anything like that but he's definitely better than what southern alabama's had in the past couple of years i really think jalen Tober's going to have a monster year this year in terms of fantasy and yeah to me it's him, and then there's a tear drop after this. I love Jalen Tolbert. I love what he has. So with all this, Xavier, why do you have him down at eight?
0: <laughs> so when I originally made the uh, the rankings, I did not know that Quan Baker went to the, off to the draft. I was thinking he was still there. So now that I've no like been enlightened about this information, then yeah, obviously I'd like to have him at six because I even okay. in our mock draft as my uh in my third round uh wide receiver even though i know he's gonna probably go a lot higher since he's that wide receiver six but um i I do maybe like one more guy over him than i had it like maybe like my my number six wide receiver i like over Jalen turbo my number seven i definitely tolbert's
1: actually going as the wide receiver 11 in adp right now so to me he's, he's almost a steal at this point anyway continue sorry
0: Oh no, you're good. You're good. Yeah, I was like, I'd probably only, ha- I'd probably switch over maybe at like the seven, then eight. But like, I like my six guy.
1: All right. Well, speaking of your six guy, would you like to talk about your friend, Mister Jalen Robinson, yes. who oh. I believe I have outside my top twelve. Sacrilegious. religious, just maybe, abs- maybe. maybe. Sacri-
0: we're talking about a guy that has one of the best quarterbacks in the entire nation. A man that uh, the quarterback that's throwing best fantasy
1: is, quarterbacks.
0: Uh, it's, it's, um, I'd, I'd put him up there in the, one of those, you know, top guys in the nation, like outside, right. of the, outside of the power five, Jalen Robin. Uh, okay. Jaylen, I'll
1: give you, he's one of the best group of five quarterbacks. Yeah, I'll give you that one
0: of the best group of five. Uh, I'd, expect him to be, you know, NFL like, you know, relevant in terms of the draft next season from what he's done for UCF at the time, even coming in after McKenzie Milton. But that's neither here or there. We already talked about our quarterbacks. Now I'm going to receivers. We had a fantasy, basically gold mine at UCF with their wide receiver of Marlon Williams. He is no longer there. And his number two was Jalen Robinson. And Jalen Robinson last year with Marlon Williams, had 55 receptions for 979 yards, so he was only 21 yards short of a thousand-yard season with Marlon Williams on his team, and had six touchdowns. And he averages 17.8 yards per catch. Now, his last three games were very uninspiring. Well, except for his one of five uh, five receptions for 81 yards. But first, first four games, he had over he had a hundred over 100 yards each game. It's that Marlon Williams is taking the touchdowns away from him. Like, his first game against Georgia Tech, six receptions, 105 yards. Next game, nine receptions, 150 yards. To third game, three receptions for 111 yards. Three receptions for 111 yards. The man has the talent. And I think, you know, between him, it's like, it was him, it was Marlon Williams at, like, that tier 1A. It was, like, one, and then, like, Jalen Robinson was, like, two, but creeping to be 1B. And now that Marlon Williams is gone, it's just Jalen Robinson alone and then everybody else. Like, R- O'Keefe is good and Trey Nixon is good, but they're not Jalen Robinson. And Dylan Gabriel will, I think, uh, notice the, uh Dylan Gabriel will obviously be in sync with Jalen Robinson, which he was at the beginning of the season. And obviously, that now that Marlon Williams is gone, I think that Jalen Robinson's value should skyrocket to where he definitely deserves and absolutely should be in the top 12.
1: Well, with all that passion, how do yeah. I go up against that? Now, nah, most of my reservations with Jalen Robinson mostly just comes from the Gus Malzahn hiring. And my, my fear that the passing game for UCF is going to take a bit of a hit this year. And I have a feeling that he will... Like, I agree with you. He will be the number one wide receiver at UCF this upcoming year. My problem is I don't know if he's going to get the opportunities that I want out of a number one wide receiver at UCF in order to make those scores, in order to make those 100-yard games that we so, dear, we so dearly desire. So I, that, that's, that's mostly it. I understand why. Like if, Again, you're right. If Dust on utilizes the strengths of this team like he should rather than trying to fit his square peg in a round hole onto this offense... Jalen Robinson is easily one of the best wide receivers in this upcoming year. However, I don't trust that to happen because I watched what happened with Gus Malzahn year after year where it's like, oh, I'm calling plays. No, I'm not calling plays. I'm not calling plays. I'm calling plays. Regardless, his offense is sputtered out year after year, and I'm kind of afraid of the UCF offense taking a bit of a hit this year. So I'm off a little bit on Jalen Robinson. I believe, where do I have them ranked? I have Jalen Robinson as my wide receiver 13, so it's just outside my top 12. So it's not like I'm like hating, hating on the guy. Mostly, again, as as a talent, I like him a lot. It's just I don't expect him to produce this year as much as he produced last year, even with him being the second wide receiver last year. So that's my two cents on it. Again, everyone feel 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 free to disagree with me. I'm just not there with Jalen Robinson. So, any more you want to say to me? Roast me a little bit further.
0: Yeah, uh, I will say. <laughs>
1: oh, you I mean, took me I, up on that. You took oh, me up on that.
0: Absolutely. I, I'll just I'll keep it short. I, I think you know what. You know, Gus Malzahn's been the SEC for I don't know how many years now, and now that he's moving down to FCS level, I believe FCS. Am I correct? Or UCF is?
1: there's still FBS. It's just group of five. Yeah,
0: group of five. Going down to that level, I, I don't think like look, I, I hope Gus Malzone chooses the if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Because you see up I one- hope so
1: too. I do yeah, too. I just don't I, trust I, him.
0: I, 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 I'm gonna trust the I, I'm gonna trust him this season. The fact that he has the talent and it's not like and like honestly, yeah, I understand that over the years we've looked at his running backs and like yeah, he utilizes like, you know, when he had on Johnson and then how he had tanked Bixby this last season and even uh before that where he had um shivers and other running backs too but i'm just shivers. like shivers yeah or shivers i don't shivers think. yeah shivers <laughs> but i i just don't think ucf has the running backs that he's recruiting yet that he likes so i think he's gonna have to have this year where he has to be like all right whatever's been working dylan Gabriel, you still have reigns. it's just that maybe he'll be more of like all right i'll be able to manage this game with like play clock defense and but besides all that it's just like let let the players play. Don't don't try to force that. You know, square piece in the rectangular hole. Or yeah, I forgot the saying, but it doesn't matter. Same thing. <laughs> same, same, same. It's the same
1: thing. How do you grow up and not learn these sayings? <sighs> I don't know. Regardless, I understand. Again, I understand what you're saying. It's just I don't trust Gus Mouth on. So we'll go ahead and move on to my number seven wide receiver here who xavier has outside of his top 12 i don't understand this one xavier how do you not have reggie roberson in your top 12 reggie roberson is my number seven what do you mean i know why what do you mean i know why no 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 in four games last year this man had 22 catches 474 yards and five touchdowns in four games
0: Okay, I know. <laughs> we man, are, is the
1: clear number one receiver on this team, tell the whole and then story. he got hurt.
0: Then he tell got hurt. Oh, yes, tell me the injury. He tore he
1: tore his ACL. You know what that yeah. happens? It happens. It happens. Reggie Roberson is still going to be a monster this upcoming year. Uh,
0: he is oh, going man. to be
1: a monster.
0: Look. <laughs> Look, I hope Tanner Mordecai is that QB that could replace Shane Bouchot, Because Shane Boucher was a great quarterback. I think he's going
1: to be a better QB than Shane Bouchot yeah, was.
0: I, I, yeah, I'm the, same, I'm the same with you. But we only seen Tanner Mordecai play for, I don't know, like one game. And that was like maybe half of the game. So we'll see what he does with the full season. I, I like Tanner Mordecai's talents. But you're telling me I have to choose a receiver who was great. I love Reggie Robertson. was, he was a, great
1: the year before too. Guess he was, what? He didn't get hurt that year though. He
0: was a nightmare to go against. We had one of our friends have him and I, I dreaded the day that I had to play Reggie Robertson.
1: Mm-hmm. and I was
0: like, Oh my God. And so now coming up with ACL injury, it just depends. Cause like, like we all say, like we don't know how players are going to come back with ACL injuries. Like, George Pickens just tore his ACL. I would love for George Pickens to come back and still be the George Pickens, but I also going to have that reserve to be like, maybe I'll just hold off and wait to see it. If Reggie Roberson comes back the same person he is, I will have my foot in my mouth. Yeah, you will.
1: It, you will. I
0: absolutely will. But I am allowed to have that reservation of, like, look, they still have Danny Gray, but outside
1: have- the top twelve. Look,
0: I, they still have. They still Heck, have- you got
1: him outside the top twenty, as far as I could tell.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, probably, I probably do. Yeah, I do. I absolutely do. <sighs> I think there's more guys. You're there. So
1: rude. You're rude. This man's going as wide receiver eight right now in ADP. So clearly you're in the wrong.
0: A lot of people a lot of people still like the upside of him, but I because he has the build of being a great wide receiver, but it's just like they still have Danny Gray and Rashi Rice. Tanner Murray still has weapons to where he doesn't have to rely and hope that Reggie Robertson is that guy. So it's just that it's the injury thing is just tough. It is tough. We've seen we've seen it where it works out, but we've also seen it where it hasn't worked out. So if if he is what he is, then I will have my foot in my mouth, but I still will make sure I draft a good receiver to receivers to combat Reggie Roberson. Well,
1: you okay. better wash your feet pretty well, because with the amount of foot that you're going to be tasting in your mouth, you better hope it tastes good.
0: I really don't. <sighs> I really don't want to be the person to be like I told you. So I don't want to be that guy, because I'm hoping for the best for Reggie Roberson. But in the back of my mind, I will be like, this is why I didn't have him in my top twelve.
1: Fair enough, fair enough. But even so I I I don't like to I don't like to project injury, if that makes sense. Like that, that that's just not me. I like to assume the best case scenario for these guys when I'm projecting.
0: That's why I just I I'm just don't I just do not i do not include him in there until I see it. I, I just have the reservations and just be like I'm not I'm not saying anything bad that he's gonna have a terrible season, but I'm not saying he's gonna have the greatest season of all time. So
1: ah, fair enough. I mean I I don't think he's gonna have the greatest season of all time either. That's why I have him at seven, not number one. Yeah. all right. We'll we'll will we'll get to some we'll get to somebody here. at Your number seven, who's we both agree is very is a wide receiver one, and that's John Mechie out of Alabama. So Xavier, I'll let you say your piece on John Mechie here.
0: Yeah, I think John Mechie's. A, I think this is the probably the safest wide receiver that we probably have, like in our top twelve. I, I honestly think so. I think he is the clear number one at Alabama. But it's not like he's just like you know has the upside of the other guys, but also he doesn't have like the floor of the, all these other guys. Like some of these other guys, like yeah, the, are obviously the top two are kind of bust proof at this point. But there are other guys where it's like we'll see. John Mechie, I think with uh, Bryce Young in the Alabama offense, is just guaranteed to be. He's gonna he's gonna be that wide receiver one for Alabama. I, I'm not ready to. Uh, I. I'm getting close to maybe saying that he will have over a thousand yards, considering like what's gone, all the targets that have been vacated. Uh,
1: Xavier, I will guarantee he has over a thousand yards. You want me to tell you why?
0: Oh, did he have close to a thousand yards this past season? I'm not. Yeah, this that. past
1: season, like behind Jalen Waddle, behind Devonte Smith, he had okay. 55 receptions for 916 yards and six touchdowns. Yeah, I can almost guarantee you he will have over a thousand yards if he is truly the number one wide receiver at Alabama. That is like yeah. a like there. Are, there are three things in life that are guaranteed: death, taxes, and Bama wide receiver number one's getting over a thousand yards.
0: Yeah, so it definitely. I feel like it's a safe option for him. It's not like he, you know, he's the most spectacular, flashy guy in the world. Well, I will say this: he did have that the hit of the year this past year against. Um, I believe it was Florida. No, it wasn't.
1: Yeah, it was uh, against. Um, it was against Florida in the SEC championship game. It was. Yeah. Uh, I, f- I forget which q- which uh, cornerback it was, but yeah, yeah. He
0: knocked the daylight out of him and got the <laughs> ball back. And I was like, "Oh my god, that is a grown man hit." I know this doesn't show up on the stat sheet or fantasy wise, but I want him on my I want him on my team. Oh so, yeah, yeah I, I love John Mechie. I feel like it's a it's a surefire uh, bet of like you'll know what you get out of John Mechie.
1: Yeah, I pretty much said my piece already John Becci again. The, the big thing was again as the third wide receiver, he had almost a thousand yards already last year. Yeah.
0: He was kinda of like wide receiver two after one. Yeah, I
1: would say like unfortunately with Waddle injury and everything, like yeah, you probably say like one A, one B or two or two A, two B with Waddle because of how injured Waddle got. But even still Yeah, that's pretty much my, my piece I said it already. Bamboo wide receiver number one, Bryce Young talented quarterback. I love that combination. Yeah, not the high not the not the but not a bus proof product by any means necessary. That's why I have him at number eight, not number one, or anything like that. I think uh, kind
0: of, I think it's just more of like if you I, Yeah, if
1: you, I, I I I said that, but then I'm like, Yeah, you know what, if he gets over a thousand yards, can you even say he's remotely a bus?
0: Yeah, I was like, it's just more of like if you're expecting, you know, a fifteen hundred yard season, you hold hold your horses maybe a little bit.
1: Mm-hmm. But I don't think I don't think anybody's expecting that. I do think everybody's expecting him to be the wide receiver one at Bama okay. and I all all the good. gloriousness that comes with that.
0: Yeah, that's why I have him safest pick you can make at wide receiver.
1: Yeah. So we'll go ahead and move on to our number nines. We're actually on we are we are on the same page as this one. We are going Marvin Mims, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. Now, typically I would say the number one wide receiver at Oklahoma is deserving of the number one or number two spot on the or num- number one number two spot for fantasy wide receivers in the upcoming year however i have to pump the brakes a little bit on marvin mims because a lot of his production a lot of his fantasy value touchdown dependent he had nine touchdowns last year but he only had come on I, I, I lost yeah he only had 37 receptions for 610 yards Compared to some of these other guys who played full seasons and everything, not quite the production you're expecting. But again, that those nine touchdowns help so much. Oh yeah. So, well, that's also, but also he was a freshman, and so yep, he had to develop as the year went along. And clearly, he and Sam or Spencer Rattler have gotten some kind of connection together. And I like what I see out of that. That's why I still have him a top twelve wide receiver, but. I'm going to wait on him just a little bit longer than the, some of the rest of these guys that I normally would in Oklahoma, number one wide receiver. So that's my piece on it. Xavier, what are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I, we were basically in sync. I was like, look, yeah, I understand he very much was touchdown dependent. The, the Oklahoma offense last year was very frustrating for a person that, you know, picked up Theo Weese and had Charleston Rambo. And then to find out that Marvin Mims is just the guy. And I'm just like, what was I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. But uh, regardless of all that, he was a freshman, you know, the receptions will definitely go up. But I, I knocked him down for the reasons of Mike Woods transferring in and also the freshman Mario Williams, what I saw in the spring game. The five star coming in, a lot of good things, a lot of good buzz coming around. And I think he's going to live up to that, the hype that he has. So Spencer Rattler has a lot of options. I'm hoping that Marvin Mims is the number one. I'm I've, I have the faith that Marvin Mims will be the number one, but that's why I dropped him down, because I know. You know, if you'd asked me probably like back in January, Marvin Menz would have probably been a top three or four wide receiver for me. Mm. So, yeah, that's, that's basically my spiel on it.
1: Yeah, I think we're 100% in sync on this one. Oh,
0: yeah. I'm ready for my number 10.
1: You're ready for your number 10? Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. So oh, we'll okay. go ahead with your number 10, Mr. Jakiri Roberson. I misspelled his name. Oh my God, that is awful. Um, but Ja'Kiri Roberson, wide receiver out of Wake Forest. Xavier, what are your thoughts here? I have him outside my top 12.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I think, it, I understand that we talked off camera about this and off uh, microphone. Ja'Kiri Roberson has, uh, you know, he, he came on a little bit late, but I think he is a great wide receiver for uh, Wake Forest. Uh, trying to get his stats up, but you spelled his name wrong. And also I'm spelling his name wrong.
1: Yeah, I got it. He had sixty-two receptions for nine hundred and twenty-six yards and eight touchdowns.
0: Yeah, so he is. Uh, he, I, I would expect him to be a thousand-yard receiver this next year. I, a lot of people are expecting that. I was one of those people, and I know Jared. We were, we were both one of these people where we thought Donovan Green might have been that guy, which he showed up early and then kind of faded away. Uh, Sam Hartman's not the greatest quarterback, but for him, for Sam Hartman not being the greatest, and you still having close to a thousand yards and eight touchdowns. That's why I have you up there because his last four games, oh, my God. It was just 130 yards, 130 yards, 167 yards, 138, 131. All those games he scored, you know, either a touchdown or more. So it just gets me excited about the future. Um, Yeah. Yeah. That's why I felt like it was just – it would have been a disservice to him if I didn't have him in the top ten. I was like, you're one of the top receivers in the ACC, probably one of the top receivers in the nation. You – you get your yards, you get your touchdowns. Donovan Green doesn't, you know, live up to expectations. Then obviously you're that guy.
1: No, I think that's fair. And again, I have him. I just looked at my rankings because I couldn't remember where I had him ranked. I have him ranked at 14. So again, like I'm not, I'm not super low on him or anything like that. And you basically named all the reservations I have about it. Again. Between him, Donovan Green, and Taylor Morin, I'm just scared about one of those other receivers kind of popping up, and especially Donovan Green because we all expected him to be the guy last year. Maybe his development just took an extra year longer. He could be that guy. Um, Sam Hartman not being the best quarterback in the world or anything like that, not exactly a fantasy producer. Uh, It's going to be tough for me to count on that week after week for Ja'Kiri Roberson. But other than that, again, I have him at 14. I'm not super down on him or anything like that. But... There are reasons why I do have him outside the top 12. So, yeah, but I, I, again, I also understand your optimism about him as well. So, I'll go ahead and move on to my number 10 guy. And that is Senor Jalen Cropper out of Fresno State. So, thing I like about Jalen Cropper is he's probably the most talented guy on Fresno State's roster. Uh, He's a former four-star wide receiver, transferred back home. I believe he was at Washington. I'd have to double-check that, but y'all don't take my word on that. Um, But he, No, no, no. I believe he stayed home. He was a four-star wide receiver that was supposed to go to somewhere like Washington or Oregon, but decided to stay home at Fresno State. And he is clearly the most talented player on this roster. Last year, he had... Let me find my notes real quick. He had 37 receptions for 520 yards and with five touchdowns. But again, that's only in at, that is only in six games. He also had four rushes for 27 yards. So you project that out to a full season. That's 74 receptions, uh, thousand forty yards, ten touchdowns, to me more than enough to be a wide receiver one in fantasy. And yeah, I think he adds a dynamic to Fresno, say outside of Ronnie Rivers in that rushing game. Jake Heiner is a great quarterback. I think he'll be able to get Jalen Cropper the ball. And so I think Jalen Cropper is more than worth your investment as a wide receiver one in fantasy this upcoming year.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I think I, I don't even know if I had him in my top 12. I think I had some other guys that I was still high on, but uh, I, I like Jalen Cropper as well. I think when he played you know, against some you know better competition, he kind of struggled a little bit. I think that's just mainly a testament to Fresno State. So, but yeah, if it, if it's a full season, I, I think he can be close to a thousand yards or he can possibly get a thousand yards. And, you know, he is that number one option with Jake, uh, Jake Heiner. So I, I, I don't dislike the pick. It's just, I think I have some other guys as well. Um, yeah, that I, I like a lot more, but actually now that I'm looking at it, there's one guy that I might uh, fade after today.
1: Mm-hmm. But, uh, at the end, I think I know who it is because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roast you when I saw who you have here at number eleven. Who is actually up next? Yeah. So let's let's get to it. You have Mr. Romeo Dubs, yeah, my, wide receiver out of Nevada. So Xavier, yeah. why do you have Romeo Dubs in your top twelve? Let me hear it.
0: Yeah, I. Because I a, don't. I yeah, I know that now. I have Romeo Dubs because I was like. He was a thousand yard receiver and he didn't play, you know, all the games that he was Well, Actually, did they play all their games? Did
1: they played that... uno, dos, tres, cuatro, cinco, seis, siete, ocho, nueve. They played nine games.
0: Nine games. So within those nine games, his first one, two, three, four, five, five games, he had over 100 yards, multiple touchdown games. Him and Carson Strong were having that strong connection.
1: He was unstoppable those games. In one of my leagues, we uh, we dubbed him the bad man. Like, make yeah. the bad man stop.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he's very, very, very talented. Him and Carson Strong obviously have that connection. But Nevada this upcoming season looks like an offensive juggernaut. And I'm kind of concerned about his production going a little bit down. I think he could still, you know, if all things work out for him, he could still get over 1,000 yards. But with the addition of the transfer that's coming in, the four-star transfer that's coming in, um and also with cole turner being you know the we'll get into that where his ranking is as tight ends go but um yeah uh romeo dubs was a gr- is a great wide receiver i i was looking at this before all the news came out and now i look at it now i'm like yeah maybe he, he could still be my top in the top 15 but yeah he's still if you still get him like you're still going to be a happy happy person he'll get you
1: i don't know now. you will be because again like with the with the um emergence of Tony Horton, Elijah Cooks coming back stuff like that like he's gonna he he might be fading back a little bit cuz again like look at the la- like you mentioned the first 5 games but look at the last 4 games. Oh yeah. Hawaii, one reception for 10 yards. Fresno State, seven receptions, 97 yards and zero touchdowns. Not the worst game in the world, but you know. Nine receptions, 75 yards, zero touchdowns against San Jose. Five receptions, forty-two yards, zero touchdowns against Tulane. That's not a fluke. They like he faded as the year went on. Like I have to kind of take a look at that and be like, all right, we have to, we have to think that something's up here. And so I've actually bumped him down in my rankings recently. I had him at fourteen. I am gonna have him down more towards like eighteen. That's where I am putting him at. So wide receiver two. I still think he has the upside, but again, like, he might be the guy that, like, I might fade a little bit once it gets to that range and everything. I'm just like, I'd rather probably go with the safer guy than Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs is a very boomer bust prospect, in my opinion, this year. And you will know very, very quickly, in my opinion, whether or not he will be the wide receiver you drafted or not. So, I've said my piece. Do you have anything else on it you want to say?
0: Uh,. Yeah, I I will say this. I was like, um, with Nevada, with uh, the San Jose State game, yeah, you're playing tougher competition and Carson Strong didn't look like, you know, the greatest quarterback in the world. I will say the Tulane game kind of got me a little bit worried, but that Mm -hmm. was mainly because um, Toa Toa and Cole Turner went off, not because of uh, Torrey uh, Horton. But uh, also with Elijah Cooks coming back, that is kind of concerning as well. But I think it's mo- mainly because it's just – I feel like it's just uh, some of those games where, you know, either the running back or Cole Turner were the the star of the show instead of, like, the wide receiver. So maybe it's not mainly because of the other receivers. So I think he could still be that number one guy.
1: Yeah, fair enough. And, again, like, if he is the number one guy on this very pass-heavy offense this upcoming of year, he's going to be more than wa- worth your pick. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and move on to my number 11 guy. I'm surprised. I know you're very high on this guy as well. I'm surprised he didn't make your top 12. But I'm going to go Zay Flowers, wide receiver out of Boston College. This is a man that has been popping up more and more on NFL radars. been popping up on C2C radars. He's been popping up on Devi radars. People are starting to take notice of this man. Very, very talented wide receiver. Great size. Last year, he had 56 receptions, 892 yards nine touchdowns he had 11 rushes for 41 yards and a touchdown dude can produce at many many different levels so the only problem is his consistency is a little off that's the main thing right now he isn't producing this game after game he kind of has this kind of boom games and then he kind of fades back just a little bit nothing too bad that's why but that's why i have him here at 11 i think the connection between him and phil jerkovich is going to be phenomenal this year and i think it's to be more than worth where you draft him at i See, I've I've seen him fall as far as the third round, fourth round. I'm like, if you're still getting a wide receiver one at that range, to me, it's more than worth it. I think Zay Flowers is absolutely being underdrafted so far this year, and I think people are going to very quickly realize why.
0: Yeah, I like Zay Flowers as well. Maybe not uh, enough to put him in the top 12, mainly because of the inconsistency, because I I think I did pick him up last year off the waiver wire when he was kind of booming off, and then, uh, then I started to see games fade, and I was like, maybe you're not ready just yet. So, but for what I'm hearing at a camp, him and Phil Djurkovic are, you know, in sync. They're doing well together. Uh, I expect a good season. But at the same time, I have to have the reserve that, you know, there was once upon a time where nobody had Boston College being good. And I, I could look at that last season that they had being a COVID season, maybe being a fluke. And uh, now I'm not saying that as a testament to Phil Djurkovic's like uh, talent level or Zay Flowers, but. Boston College as a whole going against other competition, maybe a full strength and playing, uh, you know, games at correct times and uh, all that going against like Clemson. I think they played Missouri this year as well. You know, that'd be a good game. Yeah, that'd definitely be a good game. So we could see, you know, the upside of it, but also we could see the true Boston College and what everybody expected them to be.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, I definitely think that's fair. Uh, So with that, we'll go ahead and move on to your last wide receiver and my last wide receiver. At number 12, you have Chris Olave, wide receiver out of Ohio State, and for my number 12, I have Drake London, wide receiver out of USC. So I'll let you say your piece on Chris Olave, and then I'll say my piece on Drake London.
0: Yeah, uh, Chris Olave, Ohio State wide receiver. Now, this is a little bit tougher because Ohio State is basically just loaded at wide receiver this year. But... They didn't play all their games this season. So, And the man had 50 receptions for 729 yards and seven touchdowns. And he played about, let's see, that's about three, six, seven games, and that's including the national championship against Alabama. Mm -hmm. And each of those games, except for the national championship and then the game against Rutgers, he had over 100 yards and a touchdown except for the Nebraska game. So I was like, Chris Olave, it's really tough because – a lot of people are starting to like like Garrett Wilson more, which I actually did too in the games. But I gave Chris Olave the respect that you know he probably deserves as being that guy, that the guy that's been doing it for a lot, much longer. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, I like Chris Olave. I know what I get you. I know what I get out of you. You average fourteen point six yards per uh, catch. So I like, I like I like Chris Olave a lot. If if you go honestly, if you go Garrett Wilson or Chris Olave, you're
1: you I I have them. We're right next to each other in my rankings. I have, I, Chris Olave, I have Olave at 15, I have Wilson at 16.
0: I have Wilson at 13, and I have Olave at 12.
1: Yep, yeah, I'm, so I'm we're of about, the same mind.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised about your Drake London pick. You're to have to uh, explain that one to me.
1: I will explain that one to you, because I have said in the past, I don't trust this USC offense. I don't. I do trust Drake London, though. Drake London is an extremely talented wide receiver. I like what I saw out of him. He as the number three wide receiver last year, behind Tyler Vaughn's and Amon-Ron saint Brad, He had 33 receptions for 502 yards and three touchdowns in six games. A lot of targets vacated because of Amon-Ron saint and Tyler Vaughn's gone now. And I'm like, okay, Drake London. I saw the talent. I see you're that. You are that next guy. Show it to me. Spring game, he showed it to me. 137 yards and a touchdown in that game. I'm like, okay, if you're producing that for me every single game or even a little less than that, more than worth a pick here, I think Drake London is the safest thing about this USC offense. I'm not drafting Keaton Slovis, though. But I do like Drake London in this offense, but I'm also not going and drafting Brew McCoy. I'm not drafting drafting Taj Washington quite yet. I do like Taj Washington a lot, don't get me wrong. But to me, if you're going to take somebody from this USC offense, it has to be Drake London. It's the only one I'm willing to take right now. Keon Silvis, if I can get him for the right price, sure. But Drake London is worth where he's going at ADP right now, in my opinion. So, does that does that does that satisfy you, Xavier? Where are you? Yeah, are you, well, you, you we'll, still you're still ready to ro- Are you still fixing to roast me, or how are you feeling here?
0: We'll we'll, we'll see what he does in terms of the touchdown department this season. Um, yeah, with the with the vacancy of amon Rott and uh, Tyler. Uh, he only had three touchdowns last season, so that's, that's concerning, but I was like, you're averaging a lot per uh, catch, so hmm. you were really close to some, uh, like, he had like a 92 and a 97 uh, yard game against UCLA and Washington State, so I was like, if Keaton, uh Slovis can connect with Drake, then that's great, but, you know, Taj Washington and uh, Brew McCoy, if they do emerge as like some, you know, being uh, dependent uh well if if Keaton Solvis can depend on them as well too then I could see some some games where maybe the other one will take over and like it'll be like a, a mon and Tyler so
1: could be but also I just don't think Brew McCoy is a very good football player and I also don't think um I, it's, it's mean but like I've watched the tape I just don't think he's very good mm-hmm. um Taj Washington's the one I'm afraid of because I'm afraid of his deep threat ability which if that's the case That'll obviously take away massive targets away from Drake London, but other than that, um, I still think Drake London is worth the first, uh, the top twelve pick for a wide receiver. So, all that being said, let's go ahead and move on to tight ends. Yeah. In typical years, tight end probably wouldn't care as much. However, it's pretty deep this year. But also, Xavier and I are in agreement. Actually, not on the not on the order of the ranking, but we agree on the top eleven. Tight ends. So we're actually gonna hit these pretty quickly because we're already at an hour 17 minutes and we're also just but also there's not there's just not as much to talk about with tight ends. Really? Um but we both agree and I believe I get to go first on tight ends. So I'm gonna talk about Mr. Cole Turner out of Nevada. Xavier and I both agree this is top tight end this upcoming year. Mostly has to do with the fact that he is a part of this Nevada offense and they clearly, clearly want to use him. So this past year, Cole Turner saw 49 receptions for 605 yards and nine touchdowns, probably the best per yard average out of a a, um, tight end over 40 receptions this past year, and by far the most amount of touchdowns for somebody over 40 receptions. So he's not super touchdown dependent. He has a ton of production with 605 yards. And as Xavier kind of mentioned, when Romeo Dobbs kind of faded throughout the year, Cole Turner really stepped up and became kind of that number one target on that offense. So to me, Cole Turner is the best tight end this upcoming year in terms of fantasy. Xavier, you have anything else here to add?
0: Not really. Uh, Yeah, I think it's the consensus that Cole Turner is number one. Uh, You know, Carson Strong has a lot of weapons to to work with, and Cole Turner is a big body. So I think, you know... He probably won't get the same amount of yards he was getting in the past, but he'll definitely make up for it with goal line touchdowns.
1: I would say he's a massive red zone target.
0: Yeah. So I guess we can move on to my second pick. I know me and Jared are kind of in disagreement about this. I know he's still in your top 12, but I have him at two, and I think a lot of people do as well too. Greg Belch is yeah. UCLA.
1: And I have uh, him at number five.
0: Number five, yeah.
1: Yeah, he disappointed me over there.
0: Oh, yeah, we absolutely are. I, I think Greg Dolchich with the UCLA offense. Um, the UCLA offense is very interesting. With You have a dual, not even dual, three, you have a mainly run heavy quarterback. Then you have uh, a lot of options at running back with Zach Charbonnet and, um, oh God, Britton Brown. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then not really that many options at receiver, except, aside from Kyle Phillips. So that's why I like Greg Dolchich in the passing game at UCLA. And this past season, he had 26 receptions for 517 yards and five touchdowns. Almost, He's at 19.9 yards per catch. That's almost at 20 yards. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. I was really close to saying a bad word there. But it's okay. We kept family-friendly over here. But, yeah, he was really close to 20 yards per catch. And I can only see that his role increases now that they uh, identified that he is a very great talent. I think he was a freshman this past season. I think he's a sophomore now. So I'm excited to see him with the future and DTR. You know, not having to rely on his legs so much. Even though I would, I would like to see DTR get some red zone touchdowns with his leg ability. I like his tight end option.
1: So Xavier Greg Dolchich averages per game three to four receptions yep. versus somebody like Jalen Weidermeyer who's looking at about. Almost five six. I just want to point yeah, that, that out that to you. A, yeah, and that was with
0: a, yeah, no, a good quarterback like Helen Mann.
1: Fair enough, but also Charlie Kohler. He's looking at four he's looking at uh, about five receptions per game. Cole Turner, he's looking at about five six receptions per game. Like I'm just saying, Greg Dolchitz, all his production came out at twenty six receptions last year in seven oh. games. And <clears throat> excuse me. That that was good for 517 yards and five touchdowns. However, I don't think his almost 20 yards per reception is going to be sustainable this upcoming year. And I don't and you already said it, DTR is a run first quarterback. He is like like you're going to see a lot more production out of him in terms of that running game rather than the passing game. And I don't think that Dolcic is worth a number 2 tight end right now because of the fact that Like, you're just on an offense that doesn't pass around a lot. And they're going to probably go to tight. They're probably going to go to wide receivers before they go to tight end more often than not. Now, Dolchich is talented. Don't get me wrong. I do think that Dolchich, with the proper ADP and the proper um, reading of your draft and everything, you can grab as your first tight end as a very, very high upside pick. My problem. My only thing after that is you have to. Gr- like I mentioned this to you when we were talking about our draft. You have to grab a second tight end. You have to grab somebody a little bit safer, as safe as tight ends can get.
0: I will say this: for uh, you know, with all the with all the doubts, I, I, he was only a freshman. So I, I think.
1: He really? Did um, I miss that? Yeah,
0: I think he's a sophomore this upcoming season, or either he's about to be a sophomore or a junior. Hold on, I. Actually, no, nope never mind, never mind. He just
1: He is a sophomore going to junior.
0: Yeah, sophomore going to junior. My bad. Okay. No, so, no problem. Yeah. Um, I think this was probably like the first year that he was really allowed to do more because his uh his freshman year he didn't really see the field. Sophomore year they weren't uh they only played a few games like
1: Yeah, so his freshman year he had eight receptions for hundred and five yards which averaged about 13.1. I could see that. I could see him coming back down to that. That to me that to me feels like a regression to the mean there. If that makes sense. I, I, and I to just, me that's still a good that's still a good tight end especially if you're 26 receptions and you expand that out to a full season, I think he'll still be good.
0: I think you know with what he showed this past season. I think it would be hard to overlook with the offensive coordinator and the playbook to just more incorporate him more. Especially, mm-hmm. I'm not I'm not expecting him to have 20 yards per catch, but if I can get him to have like 15, 20, at that range, and I feel like I I got I've gotten a good tight end, and I have a reliable quarterback that I know can get him the ball, or yeah. that's like you know. Uh, uh charlie Kohler is a very interesting tight end and we'll get more into him but I-, I think that brock party is not probably the greatest quarterback i want throwing him the ball so yeah that's and dtr
1: recommend.
0: is uh, yeah you know what i'll take dtr you know he's throwing slinging the ball you know getting about three 400 yard games sometimes so i'll take that over a brock Purdy 200 yard or a hundred and something yard game
1: Uh fair enough i guess uh I guess we'll go ahead and move on to my number two guy. I would have loved to have transferred into uh, Charlie Kohler there, but that's just not how the numbers are are falling here. But we'll go number two, my number two, Jalen Weidermeyer out of Texas A&M. I know this is also one of your boys because you have him at number three. Yeah. And to me, and I, I know a lot of people around uh, around the community agree with me, Weidermeyer is the best NFL tight end for this upcoming draft. I believe that he is going to be the guy that NFL teams are looking for, and I, there's a reason why. The offense, I believe, the passing game this upcoming year is probably going to run through Jalen Widermeyer. Dude gets a ton of targets per game. Dude is looking to become the passing game for this offense along with Anaya Smith because Texas A&M is losing wide receivers like you wouldn't believe out of the transfer portal right now. I think he's going to get even more opportunities this year. He had 46 receptions for 506 yards last year and six touchdowns. Dude was absolutely somebody you would want on your team in order to get that production. Because even the game said, if he didn't get a touchdown, he got you yards. If he didn't get you yards, he got you touchdowns. Like he was, no matter what week, what kind of week it was, you were happy by the end of it with just the amount of points you're getting out of Jalen Watermeyer. He's going to get involved in the game somehow. And I think he's absolutely one of the safest picks you can make. And I, that's why I have him ahead of Greg Dolchich. So, what are your thoughts, here, Xavier? Uh,
0: I, I agree with you. Uh, the only reserve is like I want the passing game to go through Jalen Waterman. I really do, but I just don't trust Haynes King from what I've been hearing and seeing. I just like look. I, I know we, we we've seen instances of like all right, we're we're having a, we're having a season where we just lost a great quarterback, and now we have to go through you know our backup. And if the backup is not that impressive, it could get really ugly, i.e. Stetson Bennett with Georgia, or not Stetson Bennett with Georgia, but uh, we had Dewan Mathis with Georgia and things did not look that great. Even though we were hearing great things at a camp and we were like, all right, the offense might not be as great as we once thought, but it would be fine. And then once we sought out on the field, things did not click. So mm-hmm. if, if Texas A&M goes a different route and has a different quarterback, that they trust more and shows me more promise than, yeah, or if Haynes King, you know, proves me wrong, then I'm back on the Jalen Watermeyer uh, train. But this upcoming season, I, don't, I just don't know. I can see him more as, like, being, you know, imp- maybe improving his blocking and doing things like that. But, you know, doing the same thing of uh, catching touchdowns like he once was with Kellen Mond, I think Texas and m might go into that run-heavy offensive, like Isaiah Spiller, A-Chain, even nice Smith, instead of just, like, passing the ball as much, it kind of is like a UCLA situation where you're just like, all right, you have DTR, you have Britton Brown, you have Zach Charbonnet. Are you really going to get targets like you think you are? Because it's not, it's not that impressive of like um, – it's, it's, it's just a concern about are you still going to get the same amount of targets with the quarterback you had the year before? See,
1: but I can name a wide receiver off of UCLA that I know is going to get targets this year. I don't know of any Texas wide receivers that I'm really certain are going to be that number one, number two wide receiver on that team.
0: Well, I mean, we look at Anaya Smith, so uh, it just, it just, fair, depends. fair.
1: I guess if you want to consider Anaya Smith a wide receiver.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's what it looks like this upcoming season because you already have two good backs, so might as well.
1: Remember when I said there wasn't much to talk about with, with tight ends? Yeah. <laughs> Regardless. That
0: was stuff where we really don't have anything to talk about.
1: Uh, so we'll go ahead and move on to our number four guy. Um, and it's number four for both of us. We both agree this is our number four tight end. And that's Sean Dykes out of Memphis. Yeah. So I believe it is your turn to make your case for Sean Dykes here at number four, Xavier.
0: Yeah. And uh,
1: I'll, I'll just sit here and agree with you because I'm also having number four.
0: Uh, uh, Sean Dykes, uh, the only thing I main thing I can really say is he gets a lot of targets and he makes a lot of receptions. Um, there, There's only been two games where he's gotten over 100 yards. There was another game he had like 85, but he is a touchdown machine. is a red zone threat. Uh, he did well with Brady White. Uh, this past season, he had 47 receptions for 581 yards and seven touchdowns. So that's great for a tight end. I, I love Sean Dykes. If you can get Sean Dykes, then you're going to be very happy with the, uh, you know, there will be games where he'll maybe get like 23 yards, but he could get you like two touchdowns. So he makes up for it. Kind of like Jalen Wadamire, right? where at the end of the day, you know, sometimes you'll be happy. Sometimes, uh, yeah, you know, I think you'll just be happy at the end of the day, honestly.
1: Mm-hmm. I owned him for several of my games last year and like, yeah, it was frustrating. Cause like you got a taste of like those first two weeks where like you were getting like double digit, uh, points per game and, and you're like, Oh my God, this is going to be great. This house is going to be all year. And you got to fade it a little bit, but also like he never completely crapped out on you to the point where you're like, all right, I have to drop him now and anything like that. I think he's going to be one of the best tight ends this upcoming year. It'll be interesting to see how he and Grant Ganel are in terms of their chemistry. I think that's going to be a. I think it's going to be a huge determinant in terms of how the season goes for him. But other than that, again, you're right. Tons of targets, tons of touchdowns, tons of yards. I think he's. Um, I think he's by far. I, I'm not gonna say he's a safe pick, but I think he's safe in that we've seen him do it before, so we know he can do it again. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and move on from there. We're gonna go backwards a little bit to my number three. Because Xavier wanted to rank him so low. Um, I'm joking. I want to go Charlie Kohler here as my number three. He is Xavier's number five tight end. To me, Charlie Kohler is the high floor, low ceiling tight end of really these top 12. I don't think you're going to see him get more than like 12 points in a week. Like unless he has just a crazy game. But I don't think you're ever going to see him get lower than like eight. He is involved in every single game that he is in, and he is like the safest, and I repeat, the like safest tight end option out of these out of this group. Uh, Last year, he had 44 receptions, 591 yards, seven touchdowns. Um, He and Brock Purdy have been almost inseparable uh, during their time together at Iowa State, and. He pretty much, I believe he's been consistent year after year. He hasn't really grown, hasn't really, re- hasn't really regressed or anything like that. You know exactly what you're going to get out of Charlie Kohler this upcoming year. And if if you just want a safe tight end that you can just count on a certain number of points per week, go Charlie Kohler. That's all right. That's all I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I agree with that as well. It's where I, I think Charlie Kohler is safe. That's why I had him at five. I feel like the other guys are just like, so, so talented at uh, what they do that they could, you know, have a higher ceiling than Charlie Kohler. But I was like, yeah, i still put him in the top five. Mm-hmm. Uh think, yeah, with, uh, with Brock Party and him, you know, you know what you're going to get. Uh, outside of his freshman season, his sophomore and his junior year, he basically put up similar numbers. Um, I don't expect him to go, like, if they do go up, then that's great. But I don't expect him to go up by much because that often runs through Brees Hall. And you know, Brock Party also has a Xavier Hutchinson as well, who he has great chemistry with too, so. It's, it's it's not like the sexiest pick in the world, but it's also like you know you can't go wrong like you you won't make a mistake if you go Charlie Kohler.
1: No, I think that's entirely fair. Uh, we'll go ahead and move on here to your number six tight end and I believe my number eight tight end that is Isaiah likely out of coastal Carolina. so I'll let you kind of make the case for Mr. likely here.
0: Yeah, uh, Isaiah Likely, uh, tight end out of Coastal Carolina. Um, I, I like him a lot, especially with uh, Grayson McCall. They had great, uh, great chemistry this year. Um, God, why is his data not coming up? That's super weird.
1: Here, you want you want me to give stats real quick, or you got it?
0: Give the stats real quick. Uh,
1: last year, Mr. Likely had thirty receptions for six hundred and one yards and five touchdowns. So that's good for approximately twenty yards per catch.
0: Yeah, uh, so with the thirty receptions, I think him and Grace McCall were doing very. They 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 really outdid their expectations. I am concerned about like the amount of targets that he gets, because it looks like he averages about like three uh, receptions to five a game. But when he when he's on, he's on. Like outside of the one game that they lost, I mean, even the, even in that game, he had like eighty four yards. There was just maybe like two games where he had like, one reception, but there was one game where he had a reception for 72 yards, and that was, that was just one touchdown for the day. So I think mm-hmm. he's very talented at what he does. Um, gets yeah, a lot of yards per catch. Five touchdowns is great for a tight end for the season, and 601 yards is nothing to scoff at. That's why I have mm-hmm. him. Uh, and I think he is going into his senior year, so it'll, it'll be interesting to see if he improves, which he absolutely can, but – You know, with Grayson McCall and what uh, Coastal Carolina is doing, they could, you know, bring in some more guys and diversify the offense to have maybe more wide receivers get involved because he doesn't get that many targets anyway.
1: I think it's fair. Um, My reservations on Isaiah Likely, why I have him at eight rather than six, where you have him, are the exact same reasons I, um, I'm lower on Greg Dolchich than you are. The amount of targets that he has per game is a little concerning. The fact that he had 20 yards per catch, I don't think is sustainable at all. Uh, He had the exact same amount of touchdowns as Greg Dolchich. Pretty much, it's almost like a carbon clone of each other. Pretty much the only reason why Greg Dolchich is higher for me is because he's on a Power 5 roster. Therefore, he's more likely to come in contact with a game where they are going to be able to use him better now Isaiah likely again Coastal Carolina schedule that is soft 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 but again pretty much the exact same reasons I'm a little down on Greg Dolchich I'd love to be proven wrong both of these guys are very talented but I'm gonna have them just a little bit lower I'm gonna raise up some of these a bit safer prospects in my opinion for the other ones so speaking of those safer options this might sound like an oxymoron, like you, you're you're probably gonna not like me on this one, but for my number six tight end, I'm going Isaac Rex out of BYU. Now I'm even I'm hesitating on this one just a little bit because Isaiah Rex was the number one tight end this past year. Oh no no, outside of Kyle Pitts, I Isaac Rex that. was was the number one tight end this past year. Dude had thirteen. Dude had twelve touchdowns. This past year would BYU. Was one of the best passing options on that team. Problem is, that team is now missing. That quarterback that passed in the ball. The offensive coordinator that schemed him open in those in those opportunities. And add in the fact that he is heavily touchdown dependent. He had 12 touchdowns this past year. He does not like if if Zach Wilson, the offensive coordinator, was still there, he'd probably be tight end one for me, but he has to be bumped down a little bit. Now, new quarterback, Xavier you kind of touched on this earlier with one of one of the other guys you're talking about. Are a new quarterback, safety net is a tight end. So I'd still believe that Isaac Rex, as a sophomore, he's a freshman this past year. As a sophomore, he is gonna get more involved in the game than he was this past year. They're going to move the offense more through him, I believe, because Max milne has gone. I believe it's um, Gunnar Romney. Gunnar Romney. Gunnar Romney's still there at wide receiver, but even so, he's like, "Ah." eh. And I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Baylor Romney, I believe, is the projected starter for BYU this upcoming year, right?
0: Yeah. we, we, We don't have much information about BYU. They don't give us that
1: much. No, this is one. Of the, this is definitely one of the teams where I was. I kind of wish they had a spring game or gave some more information about spring camp than they did. But regardless, right. I'm having Isaac Rex at number six. Xavier, you had him at eight, so you basically Isaiah Likely and Isaac Rex are switched for us.
0: Yeah, and, I, like, well, you're you're basically saying it was like the safer option. I do not view it as a safe option. I was like, yeah, you're a very touchdown dependent, and Zach, I like, watching some of his games. I was like, Zach Wilson put the ball in the right spot for you a lot of times where, you know, his size definitely helps out a lot. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I, I, I need to I need to know how well your quarterback can do under those, like, situations. So it's just, like, that unknown of, like, yeah, I know you can catch the ball, but can your quarterback throw you the ball?
1: Yeah, and again, that's fair. Again, I, I realized what I said, and then I realized he was up next, and I'm like, well, I'm going to look like a fool here. But I do believe in Isaac Rex. I believe in the talent, and I will put him there. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and move on to your number seven, who is Mr. Michael Meyer out of Notre Dame, who I have as my number nine.
0: Yeah, they call him Baby Gronk. Uh, he has the body type for it. Uh, it's very scary of is. Isn't
1: means. every big white tight end just Baby Gronk at this point? Is that, is, no, is that what we do now?
0: Probably, but this man probably embodies it more than anybody. Like from the bravado I've seen on the film, like on the field for him, he just like exudes that energy of Gronk to where it just looks like, yeah, you're a college student, but also you're really big and also a tight end.
1: He was a five star.
0: Yeah. So this past season, uh, 42 receptions for 450 yards and two touchdowns. And this is all while being a freshman on a a top four team in the nation.
1: The um, second tight end on that team, too. The first one, if you remember, just got drafted uh, yeah. to the Carolina Panthers. Charlie Trimble.
0: Yeah. So uh, it's it's really weird. It's it's hard to get a little, uh, a good adjustment for the guy uh, in terms of like there's games where he'll get like one reception. There's other games where he'll get like five. So. It's a it's a very big range, but they are losing a lot of receivers or they losing one main receiver that had a lot of their uh, receptions and targets and yards and touchdowns. So there are a lot of things that will be vacated. So <laughs> Michael Meyer is poised. And especially from the season that he had uh, this past one, I, I, I can't I can't imagine the offensive coordinator or um, the head coach not scheming up, uh, you know, more plays for him in the red zone or just in general, because he's just that talented.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah no i i agree with you for the most part and um again obviously very talented guy again five star out of high school um uh, probably the best he might be the best receiver receiving threat on notre dame's team right now i'm not gonna lie like when i look at notre dame's wide receiver room i'm not i'm not exactly shaking in my boots or anything like that yeah um I yeah, know he's got He's just the next in a long line of um, Notre Dame tight ends, I believe, that are getting primed and ready for the NFL. I believe he's likely to be, again, if not the first, definitely the second receiving option for next year, especially especially if Jack Cohn is the uh, starting quarterback for Notre Dame this upcoming year. I could yep. totally see tons of checkdowns to check from him to Michael Meyer. The lack of touchdowns is somewhat concerning, but also again, you likely saw Charlie Tremble go out there for the touchdowns, like along the goal line and everything. They wanted their more experienced tight end out there, so you probably see that kind of go up this next upcoming year. I like Michael myer where he's at, so but I have him at nine. Um, not a huge difference to me between six and like, let's see, who do I? Yeah, between six and nine, there's not a huge difference to me. So. Speaking of that range, I'm going to go ahead and talk about my number seven tight end, who is also your number nine. So again, we have a little switch here. Um, I have Will Mallory, tight end out of Miami, as my number seven, and you have him as your number nine. So Will Mallory as the second tight end on Miami's team last year, because you have Brevin Jordan being that number one tight end, who was phenomenal for me several weeks um but will mallory had 22 receptions last year 329 yards and four touchdowns again as the tight end too so clearly this guy's already getting work behind brevin jordan and i can't see somebody kind of taking that behind him i think he will be the clear number one tight end on this offense this upcoming year whether he's whether it's either jake garcia or derrick king passing him the ball regardless depending on how the ACL injuries going everything. I think he's going to be phenomenal this year. And I think he will be a great tight end option for this year. So what do you think here, Sager?
0: Yeah. I, I like what Miller is. Well, you know, going from tight end two to tight end one, uh, I'm excited to see what he does, but uh, I just have a little bit of a reservation of like with the Charles to Rambo coming in transferring. And I was like, all right, that's a really good receiver coming in. Also, you have Mike Harley, um, you still have D. Uh, D Wiggins, uh, some other guys too that are uh, you know, probably hungry for some targets as well. So I'm just like, I'm trying to just understand what, what Miami's role might be for him. I, I know they're probably going to still have him implemented you know, and some schemes for him to get open and get some touchdowns or receptions. But I was like, you know, in terms of the past of Miami, they didn't have like, I, I would say this is probably the best year where Miami's probably the most balanced they've ever been. In a while, so I'm just kind of concerned of like, all right, how's the tight end usually fit in this? Are they going to use them more as a blocker or are they going to keep them like in that Brevin Jordan role?
1: I mean, you're right, like, regardless of who the Miami QB is going to be this year, I think they have better options at wide receiver than they did last year, as far as I can tell, at least the guys that have developed and the guys that have transferred in, like Rambo. Yeah, and so you're right, you could see less targets be going to the tight end, so I think that's a fair. I think that's definitely a fair reservation to have. Uh, We're kind of getting short on time here, so I'm going to go ahead and move you on to your number 10 tight end here, if that's all right. And that is Brant Keuth out of Utah, who I have as my tight end 11.
0: Oh, yeah. So Brant Kuth out of Utah, uh, I think, is just a reception machine. Uh, I think. uh, Not this past year, but. Not uh, this past year, but. um, Man. Why do things not want to come up today man you think you, you know you could just use espn like- so
1: last year brent kuth had 25 receptions for 236 oh, yeah. yards and zero touchdowns sorry
0: yeah. <laughs> oh, i was like man espn you just think you could just type in a name and they'll search it and I'm like nope we're just not going to do anything but yeah I, even this past year like it's nothing to scoff at like six percent like And his games, he had four, four, eight, three, six. Like I think that's like about an average of like five to six receptions a game, which is a lot. And then for yeah, especially for a tight end, you're getting six like some targets like that. I I think that 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 holds value there. The 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 touchdown thing was a little bit concerning, but it was the Pac-12 and their whole debacle about oh, should we have a season or not? Kind of threw things away of Mm -hmm. like maybe having you know hope for uh you know production among these players and what they're going to do and what they're going to look like so I definitely don't see him not just having any touchdowns because in 2019 I believe he had six so you know and he had 31 receptions for 572 yards I, I can definitely see him repeating something close to that maybe uh, not uh it just depends on uh Man, who's Utah's quarterback going into this year? Uh,
1: Charlie Brewer, my dude.
0: Charlie dude. Brewer. Actually, if Charlie Brewer can stay healthy, then that's not a bad option for uh, Utah and uh, throwing him the ball. So I like Brant Cuth a lot in terms of, especially if you're going for a league of like PPR, I think Brant Cuth is definitely one of those higher guys that you should look, at, uh, look out for.
1: Yeah, I have almost nothing to add there. Again, I think you hit all the highlights of Brant Cuth and everything. Again, the touchdown's a little bit concerning, but also, again, like we said before, touchdowns are not predictable. So sometimes you will have a stretch of five games where you have zero touchdowns. What matters at the end of the day is that he has opportunity, he has volumes, and five receptions per game. To me, is more than enough for you to say, all right, that's worth the risk of maybe him not getting a touchdown on any of those receptions. Yeah. So I'll go ahead and move on to my number 10, your number 11, and that's Cade Otten out of Washington. Not a ton to say here about Cade Onton. Um, I've heard a lot of buzz that he is considered an NFL prospect. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he's probably the best receiving option on Washington. He, it, he was the number one receiver this past year. And I do believe he's going to take over that role again. I believe Dylan Morris will stay the cube, the quarterback for Washington this upcoming year. I don't believe Sam Hewer is going to take over just yet. So I believe they're going to be kind of running that offense through the running game, through the tight ends and everything. So, again, Kadon, very safe pick in my opinion. We'll see plenty of receptions per game. And that's pretty much all I have to say. Okay, we're kind of getting to the point with tight ends where it's just like, this is just a good guy to have.
0: Yeah, it's not like we can look at like, oh, are they getting them, you know, enough? It's, it's just a matter of like, are they getting touchdowns? Are they getting receptions?
1: Mm. Oh,
0: Why is everybody wanting it? text me today but yeah yeah it's just almost like everybody just wants to um it's just a matter of like are you getting touchdowns are you getting receptions or are you one of those like top five guys that are doing both mm-hmm. yeah, yeah it's not going you can expect like hey this guy got 13 receptions today like if that if a titan's doing that like you know if we had to look at another you, you got Pitt, you got a Kyle Pitts
1: going on right there
0: Yeah, then that's where it's just like look if you don't get Kyle Pitts, you you messed up
1: All right, so we'll go ahead and move on to our last two um, tight ends here. Uh, For my number 12, I have Darnell Washington out of Georgia and you have Austin Sogner out of Oklahoma. So I'll say my piece on Darnell Washington. Everybody wants to focus on Ariad Gilbert as the five-star tight end that came out of that year, as well as, Will Mallory, people somehow keep forgetting about Darnell Washington. Five-star tight end went to Georgia. And I know Georgia has a bad reputation with using their tight ends in the past. Look no further than Isaac Nada. And so, but I do think that with the combination of Todd Monkin as well as Darnell Washington's just innate talent, Georgia will be using him at the tight end position more. In the spring game, he had a touchdown in 84 yards, which is probably more than I've ever seen a tight end at UGA get. So I do believe he will be part of the game plan this upcoming year. He will be seen almost as a receiving role on this offense. So if you want a high upside guy, but unfortunately a low floor as well, Darnell Washington is your guy. Does you want to talk about Austin Stogner?
0: Yeah, I'll go with Austin Stogner. I I feel like it's a little bit of a more safer pick with uh, OU. Uh, I think he's going into his sophomore year, I believe. Yeah,
1: Junior, I believe.
0: Junior, junior. He was just a sophomore this past year. Um, Mm. Yeah, uh, he had 26 receptions for 422 yards and three touchdowns. I mean, OU is just loaded at everything. It's the fact that he's like, even still, like the, the tight end position at OU is still relevant. In, uh, per se, is just amazing to the fact that honestly they could just use him. Like they could just recruit a, a tight end to block as a spell lineman. But that Austin Stugner is still involved in the offense, and you know Lincoln Riley gets creative and you know finds ways to get these guys open. I think Austin Sogner is a, another safe pick there as well too.
1: I have one name and one name only that comes to mind with Austin Sogner that gives me pause on him and why I actually have Austin Sogner as my tight end 20. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I bumped down, but that's Jeremiah Hall. And that's mostly with the fact that I believe that Jeremiah Hall is the more talented tight end on Oklahoma on Oklahoma's offense this yeah. upcoming year. And so I do believe that Austin Sogner... May see a possible regression in his production, and Jeremiah Hall kind of take over as the number one tight end on Oklahoma's offense. That's all I have to say on that. Did Mm -hmm. you have anything on Darnell that you want to say real quick? Since I got my piece on Austin,
0: Uh, I I have one name that might uh, cause concern for Darnell, and that's Brock Bowers. Um, It's not that Uh, yes, a freshman, yeah, a freshman that looks like a receiver. It's very scary how fast I saw this man running the spring game and catch the ball at a high rate that he was to where I'm just like, I I think he's just too talented to keep off the field. And it's just going to – like, Georgia has a lot of just hidden gems that I'm just like, I I don't know. Todd Mockins probably just having, like, a field day every day. He goes into work thinking, how do I get some of these guys the balls and, like, the ball and see how much – Hopefully. Hopefully. I I believe so. I'm I'm a believer that, you know, it's just too much talent to just go to
1: waste. Mm Mm-hmm fair enough all righty so we're gonna wrap up here i'm gonna go back to our wide receivers list off what our top uh 12 wide receivers top 12 tight ends tight ends my god i can't speak anymore we've been doing this for too long um and list all that off real quick and then we're gonna wrap up the show so for my top 12 tight my top 12 wide receivers of the year i have david bell kayshawn butte khalil shakir traylon burks calvin austin jalen tolbert Reggie Roberson John Mechie Marvin Mims Jalen Cropper Zay Flowers and Drake London Xavier's top 12 of the year for wide receiver are David Bell Keyshawn Bude, Traylon Burks Khalil Shakir Calvin Austin Jalen Robinson John Mechie Jalen Tolbert Marvin Mims Shaqiri Roberson Romeo Dubs and Chris Olave for tight ends my top 12 tight ends of the year are Cole Turner Jalen Widermeyer, Charlie Kohler, Sean Dykes, Greg Dolchich, Isaac Rex, Will Mallory, Isaiah Likely, Michael Meyer, Kate Otten, Brant Cuth, and Darnell Washington. Xavier's top 12 Titans of the year are Cole Turner, Greg Dolchich, Jalen Watermeyer, Sean Dykes, Charlie Kohler, Isaiah Likely, Michael Meyer, Isaac Rex, Will Mallory, Brant Cuth, Kate Otten, and Austin Stogner. So, with all that being said, again, these past two episodes have been really long ones, but again, I thought we had some great discussion with all of it. Please take your time to listen to them and everything. We appreciate you guys sticking around with all of this. Thank you guys for listening so much. We're growing every single episode. We cannot thank you guys enough. Please do not forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on Spotify. Follow us on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you write a review if you're enjoying the show. Follow us on Twitter. at us ask us questions we have no problem answering them we love it when people kind of pick our brains doesn't even have to be cff redraft we just like fantasy questions in general um and other things don't forget about the adp sheet that is now on sale for 30 dollars. and if you want that 50 percent off discount just follow the instructions i kind of uh, mentioned earlier in this podcast and definitely in the past episode um, Please participate in mock draft Mondays that we have coming up each week. The links for that will be out on Tuesdays and you will have until basically it'll go until all the spots have been filled up and then the draft will take place on Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time and the results of the draft will be released the following day. Thank you guys so much for watching. David, do you have anything else you want to add before we head out?
0: Uh, No, not really. I like Jared said, thank you all for supporting us and listening to us. Just, you know, ramble on. If you like what we uh, have to say, leave us a review, you know, also, yeah, hit us up on Twitter, ask us questions, you know, if it's, it doesn't have to be fancy, it could just be football in general. You know, we, we love all from professional to college on every level. So yeah, don't be, don't be afraid to uh, reach out to us.
1: Mm-hmm. Again, we have a, we have a fantastic time doing this y'all. And again, we can't wait for the next episode. We can't wait to keep growing. We'll see you guys next time. I'm Chasing the Natty.